Damian Lillard win the three-point contest and the All-Star Game MVP. How would you describe just his confidence right now in a Bucks uniform? He's hooping. <laughs> He's just hooping. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I got to get something off my chest before we start the show officially and before we talk about sports. I, I'm getting a little sick of being corrected or being lectured or being talked down to. Like, I can't go throughout my life this last week or so and be like, wow, the, the weather's really nice outside. This is great. Doesn't even feel like winter. Like, I can't even make a small talk point about the weather we're having without someone being like, well, you know, it's going to get cold again. Well, you know, winter's not over yet. Well, we'll get snow. Just wait. Just wait until April. We'll get... Oh, we're not even close to done yet. This is just fool's gold. I Man, I don't... T- tell yourself whatever you want, okay? It's been 60 for what feels like a week. It's going to be almost 70 in Madison this coming weekend. I was looking at lacrosse weather, Eau Claire weather. Like, we're in the 60s, Okay. So I, I know it's going to be like 20 degrees tomorrow and we're going to get a little bit of snow, but one 20 degree day surrounded on both sides by 60 degrees for two weeks in both directions. That, that ain't winter. Okay. So for everyone who's saying, well, winter's not over yet. Not only is winter over, I'm actually questioning if we get winter anymore because winter is 20 degrees or colder every day with frequency snow with somewhat frequency like we had one week where we got snow and then the following week where it got really cold and other than that it's been 40 degrees and warmer for what feels like since november so for for everyone that wants to like cause well i've lived in wisconsin forever trust me we're not done yeah i've lived in wisconsin forever too but it's not 2004 anymore like we don't really get winter and you decide whatever you want i'm not i'm not even saying it's a global warming thing i don't know maybe we're just in a five or six year dry spell with cold weather i don't know but god the, the 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 people on twitter and in just my small talk day-to-day conversations like well it's not don't fall for this it's <laughs> winter's not done no i it's done okay and i i don't even know if it ever happened to be quite honest i think we went right from fall to spring like a chilly spring that's basically what we did I'm not complaining, although I'm a little sweaty today. Uh, it takes a little time to for office buildings to shift over, right, from from cold. Like, it's very warm in here. I, I took my shoes off. I'm doing the show in my socks, which is actually very homey, very comfortable. I, I might do this every day. I think this is going to lend to some, some – I feel very comfortable. I feel very at ease. I think that's going to lead to a higher quality of show this evening. So maybe I'll make this a regular thing. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you got outside and enjoyed the warm weather today. And I hope you were able to do so without someone lecturing you about, oh, well, it'll get cold again. Don't worry. Okay. I guess I'll bust out my winter jacket tomorrow for the first time in three weeks. However, will I survive? How will I, how will I do it? How will I, how will I tough through the, the one cold day we're supposed to get tomorrow? I want to talk about the NFL Combine tonight. Talk a little bit about the Bucks tonight, a little bit about the Badgers tonight. I actually don't have much to say about the Brewers. The Brewers game is on right now. I've been watching in and out. Sal Freelich is getting 
I think his fourth or fifth at bat. I saw Garrett Mitchell got at least three at bats. Again, I've been in and out. I've been paying attention a little bit, but not too much. I saw Sal Freelich make a really good play in the outfield. He had a triple, and I saw Bryce Terang get a hit before he got gunned down at second. Whatever. If you've been paying attention, this isn't new to you. And if you haven't been paying attention, you probably don't care. But I don't have that much to say about the Brewers tonight. So unless one of you call in, and we'll have more time to take calls tonight than last night, unless one of you call in to talk about the Brewers, I mostly want to stick with football and basketball this evening. 608-321-1670 is the number to call. I'll open up the phone lines after we take our first break. I just like building a little base, building a little bit of a foundation. Uh, if you're newer to the show, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like to take calls right at the beginning of the show because then all of a sudden Eric on I-90s leading the show and he's talking about snowmobiling culture or whatever. And then the show, like we never had a chance. So <laughs> just give me a couple minutes, build the base of the show, start taking calls here in about 10, 15 minutes. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. Just drop me a little note or send me a DM. DM. It's a good way to join the show. So last night after the show, I got home. I threw dinner in the oven. I went for a run because it was very warm outside, came home, ate my dinner, played some Call of Duty. I also watched Pacers Raptors on NBA TV. I want credit for that. It was the Pascal Siakam revenge game. I'm trying to buy more into the NBA right now. It's that time of year. We got to pick it up a little bit. The NBA's mostly been mid this season, but it's starting to get better. It's that time of year. So I'm leaning into it. So the night wasn't a total bust from a sports perspective. I did watch an NBA game. And then later in the night, the Heat and the Kings were playing. I watched a little bit of that, but I didn't see the whole thing like I did with Pacers and Raptors. I was getting ready for bed. I was taking a shower. I was going through my bedtime routine. And it hit me. Light bulb went off. Got it all figured out. Thinking about everything that we've discussed in sports the last two weeks. So last week, what did we talk about? What were the big Sports stories last week, not not in our little Brewers bubble, not with the buck, not think nationally. What was being talked about in the sports world last week? Doc Rivers saying a lot of kind of confusing things. The All-Star game, J.J. Redick, first take, really stupid, stupid stories, really annoying stories, right? What have we talked about this week so far? I know it's only Tuesday. But what have we talked about this week so far? All of a sudden, everyone has a take on court storming. And everyone is citing their previous history with court storming. That's what I can't believe is every show that I turn on, it's like, well, I've I've said this about court storming for a long time. And I'm like, what? I've never thought about court storming until today. It's just been always a thing that's happened. I've never paid it any mind. Never paid any attention to it. And we have all these pundits getting on TV. So I've, I've said this for years. I've, I've been against court storming for years. Like it's some political mandate that we're voting on. Like it's it's very much been discussed like a political issue the last 48 hours. And I'm I'm thinking, it's like, man, between Doc Rivers and J.J. Redick and First Take and court storming and John Shire, and are, are sports just getting stupider? Are we getting stupider? What's going on here? And then it, it clicked is I was in the shower last night. No, I know what it is. We are just doing a really, really bad job adjusting to life after football. That's what this is. That's what this is, right? It's the national sports media, and I say nationally kind of just as a, uh, 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 like an all-encompassing phrase for like ESPN, Fox Sports Radio, CBS Sports Radio, like any everyone on Twitter and everyone on their podcast. Like what are the big stories? That's, that's what I kind of mean when I say national, national sports media. No one is handling the lack of football well. 
We've been removed from the Super Bowl for three weeks now because we had Super Bowl and then the week that follows the Super Bowl where we talk about the Super Bowl. And then it it devolved into the all-star break and Doc Rivers and J.J. Redick. And now all of a sudden we got to talk about court storming because Duke was involved. And I we got we made it one week after football where we kind of kept it together and then we lost it. It's just so dumb. We got to be better than this. Like court storming. Kid isn't even hurt. He's fine. I I saw a sprained ankle the other night, and then I saw knee injury, and then we learned today that they didn't even do any imaging. He's just a little sore. Well, yeah, I'd be a little sore, too, after I play a really competitive basketball game. Wouldn't be sore because I, I bumped into a couple of people leaving the court. I was probably sore from the 40 minutes of hard competition I played on a hard basketball floor. No wonder he's sore. God, Duke sucks. And I don't even, like, I have not paid any mind to Duke in so long because I don't really watch their games. I watch the Badgers and I watch the Big Ten. And if there aren't any Big Ten games on and if the Badgers aren't on like they're on tonight, I'm not going to watch Duke. I don't care. But then, like, John Shire force feeds this down his throat in his whiny-ass press conference the other night. Now I got to hear about, Kyle. what is his name, Kyle Filipowski? And I, oh, I need to be carried off the plate. You're fine. You're going to play. I'm going to play in the next game. This is so, so dumb. Thankfully, luckily, the Combine is this week. It's firing up today. It's really picking up speed. So these media hacks finally have some low-hanging fruit to talk about. We don't have to talk about court storming. And I guess I'll eat the low-hanging fruit, too. Like, we can talk about the Combine a little bit. Let's start with the Bears. I slept on the Bears after the Super Bowl as an off-season storyline. I slept on the Bears as a talking point, as a storyline. I, I I really struggled to see, and if you've been listening to the show, I mentioned this a couple times, I really struggled to see how the Chicago Bears could be the number one most interesting storyline of the offseason. Right? I, ask, I asked everyone, I asked you after the Super Bowl, what's going to be the biggest story this offseason in the NFL? Once we get away from the Super Bowl, once we get through this coaching cycle and everything kind of settles down, what's the number one story? And... Everyone was like, well, it's the Bears. They have the number one pick. What are they going to do with the number one pick? And I I, I struggled to see that. I struggled for that to click in my brain because it's the Bears. And sorry, Bears fans, but it's not like you guys have been a bastion of relevancy for the last couple of years. Like you can only pick so many times at the top of the draft before we stop caring who you pick. Like the Houston Rockets were this team. Houston Rockets a couple years ago took Jalen Green. We're like, oh, nice. Be an exciting player. And then the next year, they're right at the top of the draft. It's like, well, should they take Jabari uh, Smith? Should they? T- I don't care anymore. Like, you need to get me to care. If you are picking at the top of the draft every single year, I'm just going to stop caring because that means you're you're doing something wrong, right? So I kind of doubted the Bears as an offseason storyline, as an idea, right, as a topic. But what I failed to realize, and I'll put my hand up and I'll admit this, what I failed to realize is how many other dominoes hinge on the Bears' decision, the number one overall pick. And you might be saying, but Gwent, the number one, everything hinges on the number one pick. It's the number one pick. Yeah, but this is a little different because normally when a team has the number one pick, you can pencil them in for either the top quarterback or the top tackle or the top edge rush. It's very cut and dry, right? The Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? We, it, it took a little time, but the Browns were taking Baker Mayfield, right? It was clear that that team is at the number one pick and they are taking who they believe to be the number one quarterback. Easy. Everything falls in line behind that. We're not really sure with the Bears. The Bears could take a quarterback number one. They could trade down to two or three and take a quarterback. They could trade down and not take a quarterback at all. 
lots of different avenues, which means there's lots of different possibilities, which means for teams drafting behind them and teams lurking in wait, even as far, you know, the ninth, 10th, the 12th overall pick, everyone's kind of sitting and waiting on the bears in a way that's even more highlighted than in a normal draft, right? Because the bears have two or three different ways they could go about this. Typically the team picking at number one, if they need a quarterback, they take a quarterback. And if they don't need a quarterback, typically they trade back, right? This year is a little bit more complicated. Washington might want to trade up from number two if they really, really wanted Caleb Williams. Atlanta might want to trade up to number one or number two. They might want to move up. Did I say Washington trade up to number two? I I meant trade up from two to one, right? Atlanta might want to jump up. The Giants, the Vikings, the Broncos, all these teams that need quarterbacks, we're trying to figure out what's their play, what's their angle, what's their strategy. And if Chicago at the the first pick, if they stand pat and take Caleb Williams, then they're going to have to elsewhere. But if Chicago announces that they're open for business, Washington, Atlanta, New York, Minnesota, Denver. I think the possibility is there that one of those teams gives up the godfather offer, especially Atlanta. I think the Vikings should. The Broncos might. They got their own set of problems. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But if Chicago decides we're going to stand power, we're going to take Caleb Williams, teams have to look elsewhere. But that also means that Justin Fields is up for grabs. Right? So no matter what Chicago does, there, there's there's reaching implications for many other teams picking in the top 10 or the top 15 right now, Peter King reported today that the bears might look to trade down. This is yesterday actually in his, in his column. I guess this is, <laughs> this is actually Sunday. Oh, never mind. This is from the 25th. This has been making the rounds, you know, throughout sports talk spaces. This is what he wrote. I suppose the bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that seems to be the way the wind is blowing. What I say, the bears could keep Justin Fields and should, and trade the first pick down once or twice and build the type of supporting cast a team needs to contend. Suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington. They would take Caleb Williams. They got the second pick, a second round pick and a 2025 first round in return. Then suppose Poles traded the second pick to Atlanta at eight and the Falcons picked one of the other quarterbacks. In return, Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second round pick and first and second round picks next year. Imagine moving from one to eight and ending up with this draft hall. So this is what Peter King is writing, and he said this week, look, I don't have any of this sourced. It just makes sense to me. This is what I would do. That's why I wrote it. This is all fine and good. This is nice. And Bears fans, you might agree. Maybe you like Justin Fields. Maybe you like the idea of trading down, acquiring more capital, drafting wide receivers, offense and defensive line, building it up in the trenches, uh, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, players in the secondary. I, I don't know. Do whatever you want. It's a ton of picks. You can do whatever you want. You can accomplish a lot of different things with all that draft capital. But is the quarterback any good? This is what I don't get with conversations around the Bears. They're like, well, they should keep Fields and build around Fields. And I don't mean to be a jerk. What have you seen from Justin Fields the last three or four years that would lead you to believe that that's the right way of going about this? Justin Fields, as an idea, is great. Well, he can run, he can sling it a little bit, and you can put players around him. Do you, do you actually believe that Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback? I don't. And there's countless numbers. There's so many statistics and so many metrics. We have so much data on the guy. He's been in the league for years now. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. For a team like Atlanta, it makes sense. Atlanta believes they're a quarterback away. I think that that can be a misguided way of thinking 
The Rams threaded that needle a couple years ago. I think it's a really difficult needle to thread. But if I'm a Falcons fan, sign me up because what they're doing, Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter, and now I'm now I'm seeing JJ McCarthy mocked them. Like I don't mm-mm. sign me up for Justin Fields. Hook that up. I'm I'm all aboard. And and if I was a Steelers fan, I'd feel the same way. But Bears fans, you guys have an opportunity in a quarterback class that everybody loved. Everybody left. Two years ago, we were talking about this quarterback trap. A year ago, we we're like, yeah, this year's okay, but next year is the year, as evidenced by the Bears trading out. Now, Stroud turned out to be pretty darn good. We'll see with Bryce Young. I, I don't know yet. I, but I, I don't know. People talk about the Bears like they've been a triple-A baseball team for the last couple of years. Like Justin Fields has had no help, and the defense hasn't been any good, and the running game and O-line haven't been any good. They ran the ball really, really well last year. Their offense is great. This year, the defense, once the team kind of settled in with Matt Eberflus, the defense is really good this year. And what did it amount to? A middle-of-the-road season where they couldn't beat the division rival at the end of the year in, in a game they absolutely had to have. Don't tell me that game doesn't matter. Don't, t- don't, no, don't tell me. Well, they were already eliminated. Mm-mm. I just don't get the infatuation with Justin Fields. I know that Bears fans want him to work. Like, they want to feel satisfied that they drafted and developed their guy. He ain't it. Okay, and these other teams like New England draft a quarterback, for God's sake, grow up, stop farting around with, well, maybe we could build around. Mac Jones ain't any good. Justin Fields ain't any good. Draft your quarterback. Grow up, be an adult, be a man, pull the trigger, evaluate all the quarterbacks and pull the trigger on the one you like most. This isn't hard. And if that guy isn't any good, then you turn around and you do it again and you keep doing it until you got your guy. Justin Fields is not that guy. Mac Jones isn't that guy. And I swear, if I have to sit back on draft night and watch the Bears and the Patriots and the Commanders screw this up, I'm going to be annoyed. I feel like Will in Goodwill Hunting. It's like you don't know how easy this is for me. And it pains me to sit here and watch you F it up. As a Packers fan, this isn't hard. Evaluate your quarterbacks. Be decisive. Make your move. Build around the guy. You tried it with Fields, it didn't work. He's not good enough. I just, I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills with every column I read. Well, I would build around Fields. Have you watched the Bears the last four years? He's a fine player. You have the number one overall pick. Be a big boy. Go get your quarterback. No wonder it's been 100 years since this team has had any good quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks. Let's take a three-minute break. I want to continue to talk about the Combine later on in the show. We'll talk Badgers. We'll talk Bucks. Both teams play tonight. We also have some comments from Brian Gudikins. Probably get to that in the second hour of the show as well. Should be a really fun show. Plenty of time to take your calls. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. My name is Grant Bills. My Twitter is a disaster right now. Talking about snow totals, and that's devolved into global warming. Thank you, Adam, for the positive timeline cleanser. The Roosevelt Jones buzzer beater. I'm not kidding you, Adam. I don't know what this year was from. I'm looking at the ESPN score bug. I would guess like early 20 teens. I'm not kidding. I watched that live for whatever reason. And I dead ass texted a buddy about it two weeks ago. I was sitting in the sports book at Mandalay Bay and I was watching college basketball and I was thinking just to myself as I drank my my liquor drink. I'm like, man, some of the, 
it's so many great college basketball games through the years, and I'm like, I, you know what I got? I haven't watched in a while. The Roosevelt Jones buzzer beater, Gonzaga Butler. And I texted my buddy Brett about it, and I said, Brett, do you ever just think about the Roosevelt Jones buzzer beater? And he's like, what are you talking about? Because he's kind of one of like my ner- like really nerdy sports friends. And he didn't remember. I'm going to have to send this tweet to him. He can confirm. He can totally confirm this story. Thank you for the tweet, Adam. At Wisco Grant. Uh, Wisco Grant. Tom says, starting the show kind of feisty tonight laying the smackdown. Got to do that once in a while. I just, I just, it's so, as a Packers fan, identify your quarterback, stick to your guns, and draft them. Pull the trigger. I, if I have to see the Bears kick around and baby foot at the top of the draft again this year and put this off another and and stick with fields or, or kick this can down the road and, and make their starting quarterback like next year's next draft issue. Like, I'm just so annoyed. Patriots, you need a quarterback. Draft one. Bears, you need a quarterback. Draft one. Commanders, you need one. Draft one. You're right there at the top of the draft. Just do it. Justin Fields is a fine quarterback. He's not going to be the guy to get you where you're trying to go. Like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Bears fans. I really, really do. I wish it would have worked for you. It didn't. That's fine. It happens sometimes. Just draft another one. That's what you do. That's how it works. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clemhead Mike. Hey, Clemhead. You sound a little bit better today. A little bit. My uh, cough is improving. I've uh, I've been practicing for the last several days. That a boy. Well, you sound a little bit better than yesterday. What's on your mind? What do you think? Um, well, I don't think the Bears, no matter who they draft, I, I doesn't matter if they draft the best quarterback in the universe. I think if they would have drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers, they would have destroyed, they would have ruined his career. Um, I don't think they're capable. There's something about those people down there. I don't know what it is. Something in the air, something in the water. They can't make it. They can't. They can't have nice things. Let's just put it that way. So, so, so I, what then are they to do? With, with because I don't totally disagree. Like the Bears have drafted lots of quarterbacks. Like I don't think Trubisky was that good. I don't think Fields is that good. I I think the Bears maybe could have put a little bit more around him, but their defense this year was very good, and they got him DJ Moore, and it still turned out to be a season that was just fine. So like I I, I don't know. I think the Bears did more for Justin Fields than a lot of fans would lead you to believe. Yeah, I would say just. Um... Put some put some pieces around him. Get him a, the best left tackle in the draft, and the next round, get him the best right tackle in the draft. You know, just I don't, I just think where they get they if they get Caleb Williams, that guy is so fragile. I just, you think so? Emotional. I think so, I, I think, think stock's a little too low on Caleb Williams right now. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we've yeah. we've lost the plot a little bit with him. Like a year ago, he was like best quarterback in the world, easy number one yeah. overall pick. Teams were going to be fawning over themselves with a chance to draft him, and now he's a bum. Like I. I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's just a little bit unstable. But, oh, I, I wanted to tell you, Grant, guess what? Yesterday I discovered I have I have pink eye now. <laughs> Did you give it to your – what the hell's going on at the Clemhead house? Well, my da- granddaughter had it, and then my wife got it, and then now mm-hmm. I got it. I've never had, I'm 66. I've never had pink eye in my whole entire life. So um, – You never had a, a fellow Navy – Navy midshipman fart on a pillow in your barracks back in the day? That never happened? You guys didn't live no. it up. You didn't have as much fun as you could have, it sounds like, in the armed we forces. We did have midshipmen on the ship. Um, we were told to treat them as bad as anybody else. Um, don't be don't be nice to them. Treat them like crap. I couldn't. 
to Nick Skyler. Another thing I want to tell you is, I forgot to tell you this the last couple times I called you. My wife and I went to Ted's Pizza last oh. Tuesday, oh. and I totally forgot. I was, I was looking at the booth in the corner, or the grand, probably the, the Bills family booth. Um, we have sat in know. that corner booth many times. You're not wrong about that. Oh, shoot. I wish, I wish Grant was here. I could buy him a pizza. I could eat one of those whole pizzas too. Now, next time, go go up go up to Jim at the front counter and be like, "Hey, you need to you need to spread the good word of Ted's Pizza across the Wisco Sports Show and all of its affiliates." You, you go you go let them know. Yeah, I should do that. That's, yeah, I'll give you a consulting fee if they give me a call. You you get a cut. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll <clears throat> sorry, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, but right. I just want I, that's the main reason I wanted to call you. Oh, yeah, just to rub it in a little bit that I went to Ted's, and it was, it was, you know what's funny? I think it was the best, it was the best Ted's pizza I'd ever had. Every Ted's pizza is the best pizza I've ever had. I do, I do. But Omni's got some good pizza. Go hit up Lucette sometime. My sister works there. She works at Ted's Pizza? No, she works at Lucette, another pizza joint, Menominee. Menominee's pretty, for a town of 15,000, Mike, we do we pretty good with the arts and, and the foods in, in Menominee. Oh, I know. I'd rather drive all the way to Menominee and get pizza than eat in Eau Claire. Well, hell yeah. Well, Eau Claire, they're so full of themselves over there. <laughs> hey, I got to right. I, I yeah. get to another call, Mike. I appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks Grant. Yeah, you got it. Uh, uh, Chippewa Cardinals and Menominee Mustangs, we can both rally around uh, hating Eau Claire. I never really hated Eau Claire. I don't even know that they're that much of a rival. Certainly Eau Claire North isn't. I mean, that football team, no offense, but Jesus. Uh, I don't really know that there's a rivalry there, but it's fun to rip on the big city. A smaller town folk, we got to stick together. 608-321-1670, going to talk about the Bucks and the Badgers coming up. Uh, Brian Gudikin spoke to the media today. I want to put, he was kind of feeling himself a little bit. I got to play you a couple of his comments. I got a kick out of him this morning. First, let's take another call. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hi there, this is Nader. Nader. Good evening, Nader. How are you? Yeah, real good. Good, good, good. I have a feeling that we are going to go, Wisconsin sports teams, we are going to go on a hot streak here. Okay. The Bucks are going to set fire. The Green Bay Packers are going to get hot. Bucky basketball is going to really start getting after it. And the Brewers, even though we look clumsy in spring training, I did not like it. I did not like to hear yesterday they had three outs on the base pass. And well, that's unproductive. That's 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 what spring training games are for, though. You know, put the ball in play, run it, run it to and from the bases, put on a little show for the crowd. I look. I'm not going to overreact to spring training games. I think I might be with you on the Bucks. We're going to talk about that in a bit. I think the Bucks are really going to start to play some good basketball. I'm still not sure on Badgers hoops. I, I still I can't decide if the last couple of weeks have been a funk that they're working to pull themselves out of, or if this is closer to the true team and maybe they were just red hot early on in the year and fooled us a little bit. That's I can't decide that, Nader. I don't know. Yep, I I agree, too, that, but the the Badger basketball system is the, the way we kind of roll is that we're just going to be that team that's really hard to hold down as the season gets long. Hmm. What do you mean by what do you mean by that? Experience. Just experience. And I think that they're okay. just going to be the guys that call it around, run to the bus with your helmet on. Okay. Okay. That are just constantly a handful. Okay. Okay. Now, if you can come over the top of it, that would be nice. All right. All right. 
I don't really know totally what that means. Nader, I, I appreciate the call. I So I'm with you on the Bucks. I think the Bucks are about to play some very, very good basketball. That I co-sign. I think the Packers are going to have a really, like, I, I know we're months and months away. We haven't hit free agency. We have certainly haven't hit the draft yet. Um, but I, And I've talked about the, the Packers' situation going into this year is also great. Right? Yeah, expectations will be higher this year. So they're not going to come out of nowhere and surprise everybody. But I think the Lions have higher expectations. The Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners. The Packers won't be playing a first-place schedule. They didn't lose any coordinators to, to promotions around the league. They got rid of Joe Barry, but I think most folks believe that Jeff Halfley will be an upgrade. We'll see. I, for better or worse, I, like, I don't think Jeff Halfley will be a disaster and way, way worse than Joe Barry. If Jeff Halfley turns out to be Joe Barry, I think most folks will be disappointed, but the Packers won't be in a worse position this year than they were last year. It'll just be a lot of the same, which I think is what Vagabond John is probably going <laughs> to start to predict. That campaign will begin soon. We're, we're starting to get political ads. I saw a Hovdi ad during uh, the spring training game today. Pretty soon we're going to start to get a, a, a narrative thrown in our face every day that Jeff Halfley is Joe Barry 2.0. We'll see. I'm not, I'm not going to write Vagabond John's material for him. So I'm bullish on the Packers. And like, even even so, like I was listening to Cowherd and Middlecoff the other night. And they're like, well, the Packers will have expectations next year, and it's difficult to sustain success year after year after year. Yeah, you know who knows it better than anyone? The Packers, because they've been doing it now for almost 30 years. It is hard. It's hard losing in the playoffs, coming back the next year, and contending again and making the playoffs again. Like, it's repeatedly over and over. You need the natural ups and downs in sports. We've talked about that. The Packers have kind of broken that methodology, I guess, as have the Brewers. So I'm with you on the Packers, Nader. I'm with you on the Bucks. I'm not sure about Badgers basketball yet. And I, I, I felt like for the last three or four games, I'm like, I just want to see how this goes. And I, the longer we go, the more games that we play where I'm watching and I'm left unsure, I feel like that, that means we're trending in the wrong direction. Or the reality of this team is setting in more and more and more, and it's, it's a lower reality than I was hoping for. You know, a month or two ago. Let's take a five minute break. We'll come back, continue the Wisco Sports Show. I want to keep taking your calls. 608 321 1670. Twitter at Wisco Grant. We're back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Tweet me during the show if you want to get involved. Send me a DM, send me a tweet, whatever. You call the show if you'd like, 608 321 1670. You want to talk Bucks and Badgers at 5 o'clock. Comments from Brian Gudekinst in the second hour of the show as well. Right now, we're talking about the combine. And I wish that meant John Deere, Case, Case IH. But it's the NFL Combine. Mike Clemens is down there. We'll hear from him at some point this week, I'm sure. Brian Gudikins, lots of general managers and coaches speaking with the media today. And I'm just so tired of the Bears. And I'm tired of the Patriots. And I'm tired of the Commanders. These crummy franchises. And I say, I understand the Patriots situation. Okay? One of the best dynasties. Basically two decades. Really well run. But a lot of the Belichick people left. If you watch the Dynasty doc on Apple TV, the, the Belichick, the Brady Patriots doc, 
Like a lot of Belichick's people left. It's not the same team and it's not the same organization anymore. So I got to watch these crummy teams, the commanders and the Patriots and the bears, none of whom have good quarterbacks sit at the top of the draft. And I got to watch all these teams go, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'll take a quarterback. I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Take a, take a quarterback. God, you all need one. The bears should take Caleb Williams, the commanders, whoever you like more. Do you like Daniels? Do you like may? Take them. And then the Patriots. Who's the highest on your board? Take them. Stop. These teams, they just overthink. They overthink. Well, I don't know. Like, but what if we get like a really good uh, like wide receiver? Who's throwing him the ball? Mac Jones? Mac Jones sucks. Sam Howell sucks. Justin Fields doesn't suck. He's just not awesome. And they have an opportunity to get a quarterback that's awesome. Or at the very least, very cheap for the next couple of years. Do it. This isn't hard. And it's really annoying to sit on the sidelines and watch all these teams F it up. I want to quote that scene from Goodwill Hunting, but I can't. There's a bad word, but you know the one I'm talking about. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Tony from Texas. Hey, Tony. Driving through Oklahoma. Just, what are you doing uh, in Oklahoma? And I got to do a little work up here. And I just gotcha. passed the Tiger King Museum, of all things, or zoo, whatever you want to call that thing. The 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 scene of the crime basically is what it is. I don't know. A monument to yeah. zoo. Interesting. Yeah. You know what's funny is I just passed another place called the Action Figure Museum, too. I don't know which place has more losers. <laughs> and uh, speaking of losers, nice. I, what a good take you just had. Commanders, oh. Patriots, you, Bears. You know what bad losers. teams do? Bad losers. teams, bad organizations talk themselves into Sam Howell. Or Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Look, Fields is fine. Okay. I'm not saying Fields is terrible. He's not terrible. He's fine. He's just fine. And I actually think the Bears have done more specifically this last season around him. They got him DJ Moore, right? The offensive line was much improved. The defense was really, really solid. And it amounted to a, a season that really still wasn't that good. So I I, I guess I, I really I struggle with, with Bears fans who are like, I want to keep Fields. Why? Why why would you want to do that? You have the number one pick. The world is your oyster. Losers will keep Justin Fields, so keep him, please. Hey, did you see that that quote from Elliot Wolf coming out of Patriots uh, headquarters? I saw a quote from Elliot Wolf today. What? What? Remind me. Oh, uh, basically, uh, we're more 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 collaborative, more open, less hard ass of an organization. Less, yes, less hard ass. That was it. What do you think about what, that? What does that mean? How soft are we that our teams we can't be hard ass? Oh my! I think Ron Wolf was not was not soft ron wolf was cutthroat i don't know where elliot wolf got that from yeah well and it, everyone wants to act like belichick was such a curmudgeon and like belichick like everyone wants to take credit away from belichick for all the success that happened with him and brady is because the patriots weren't any good when brady left and brady went to tampa and won a super bowl and i i just think it's really unfair to how good belichick was for how long he lost like all of his assistants he lost all of his people that he could lean and trust on and he was basically left on an island with mac jones and bailey zappy no wonder they didn't win any games yeah i mean belichick the, the gm you know he had a few rough stretches there yeah and ultimately in, in the era of free agency and salary cap it's going to be t- maybe mahomes and andy Reid will match it but it's tough to match with what the patriots did and uh, Grant, you know I'm, I'm I'm a successful AU coach, right? You know that. <laughs> I do. You, you know why I know well, that? Because you keep telling us. Yeah, we we all know. So, 
you know, Grant, we're starting to practice this up. You talk about team chemistry. Well, I have a Draymond Green incident, the second practice, Grant. I got two, six, seven kids that I just brought in, and then I get a Draymond Green issue. Somebody punched somebody? Oh, we, it was getting that far. It was getting to an MMA fight. Yeah, it was getting, and these guys are friends. How did you so, handle it? You know what I did? I, I broke up the fight. I called the parents. The parents laid down the law at the kids. The, the, the parents apologized. And I told the, I talked to the kids uh, today, a couple days later, and, and told them, what this needs to happen. This needs to happen. Otherwise, they're off the team. So are you trading so, the person that got punched <laughs> like the Warriors did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're, 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 we're going to keep these guys. But uh, the point is team chemistry, very important. I think you're starting to see that with the Bucks. I was going to ask you, do you think the Bucks are about to go on a little bit of a run? Because I think they are. And, I do. And, and for the record, that doesn't mean they're going to win 12 games in a row. they got a really tough part of their schedule coming up next week. But I think this team is, is ready to get dialed in, and I think we're going to see their best basketball. I, I do. And, and it, it goes back to the offseason. I, I know you didn't want Adrian Griffin. I know you didn't. I, didn't I was either. indifferent. I did not care. I'm like, whatever. He's as, he's as good as any of these other choices. I definitely didn't want Monty Williams, by the way, which I was right about. He's been so bad in Detroit. Adrian, right. I don't know. I don't remember having really that much of an opinion on Adrian Griffin. I agree, but you're treating like like the, the Bucks head coach as like airline food. Like, who cares? Just give me something. That's kind of what you're treating your well, head coach. Like, hey, you give me some pretzels? I'm happy. Mm. You know, I, I, that was not a good move because this is a championship-ready roster in theory. And then to hear the stuff that's coming out of Bucks camp now about the lack of organization, the lack – like. We talked about transitional de- defense, and I was thinking, like, is this like a communication slash uh, like philosophical issue, or is this just laziness and we're old? And it looked like we were just not knowing what we needed to do. So now the Bucks are back on defense; they're they're more structured. They have a hierarchy. I mean, Doc is doing what a real grown-up Hall of Fame type coach, like Doc Rivers. Is one of the only coaches with I, I forgot the wins. It's like something like a thousand wins in a in a in a, in a championship. Yeah. This guy is not a club. I mean, we're making this guy out to be like the worst coach ever. Come on. This no, he's. I, I think he's he's probably failed to make adjustments in the playoffs. He's also coached Chris Paul and Joel Embiid and James Harden. Like, not exactly the ultimate chokers. Yeah, and I'm not saying the doc is without blame, but I. I don't know. I think Doc is, we've gotten to the point now where maybe Doc is a little underrated, especially compared to Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin was in so far over his head. They just needed someone to come in and be an adult, and that's exactly what Doc has done. Yeah, I mean, sure, he's not Red Arbach, but I look at these coaches in the NBA, guys like Jock Vaughn, stuff like that. They, they got to, you got to, you know, even like the George Carls of the world, these guys have went to multiple games before they actually not you know successful sure. it takes a while in the nba i, I and, and look at you you're not working in you know new york or la right away you're in lacrosse you're in madison wow. you're building the resume adrian griffin to get his first job with the bucks that didn't make any sense to me so that's, yeah right now they got a grown-ass man coaching their team he's got structure like a ceo type and i i think they're going to go on a run are they going to make the nba finals I, I don't know i wouldn't pick them but i wouldn't count them out either I won't count them out. Well, certainly, I'm not going to pick them, 
but that doesn't mean they don't have like the second or third best odds maybe to come out of the East. And I'll take that, right? Only to, only one team gets to make the finals. Like if, if we start with the opinion that the Bucks might not make the finals this year and we go from there, I think we can have a lot more productive conversations because so many of these conversations like, well, the Bucks are either going to win the, the title or it's a catastrophe and we can't even talk about what maybe could or couldn't happen. Like I... I don't know. I, I just think we need to reframe our Bucks conversations a little bit. But that's Tony. This was this is outstanding. I'm glad that you uh, you didn't let those two kids beat the tar out of each other. Thank you for intervening. Oh man, I tell you what, that's why they pay me the big bucks, Grant. Yeah, that's appreciate you, Tony. Drive safe. Yeah, yeah Tony in Texas. I um, yeah, we we talked about some of the the Adrian Griffin Doc Rivers things yesterday with Justin Garcia. It's like you can't be terrible in transition and be terrible on the offensive glass. Like you need to pick one. Are we going to make a conscious effort to get offensive rebounds or are we going to make a conscious effort to get back on defense? And that's not a, a decision that can be made based on vibes, right? There needs to be a philosophy surrounding the team. Are we going to get back on defense and play conservative or are we going to be really aggressive and crash the glass? Now maybe that could change a little bit game to game or, or based on the matchup, but you can't have players deciding what to do on the fly because when you try to do everything, then you can't do anything. You can't get rebounds. You can't defend on, you know, in, in transition and the bucks have started to, you know, tighten down some of those things. The bucks transition defense since Doc's taken over is actually basically the best of basketball, depending on, you know, whatever metric you look at and defensive metrics aren't as good and they're not as trustworthy because defense is like a lot more difficult to measure. There's a lot more, uh, there's, there's a lot more factors to a defensive possession that are outside of the control of an individual defender or outside of the control of, of the team as a whole. It's just a lot harder to measure. But if you look across the board at, at more well, highly regarded defensive metrics, there's actually areas where the Bucks have been really, really good. They're going to struggle with dribble penetration against really fast athletic guards, although they did okay against Maxi. I'm interested to see how they do against the Pacers when they match up again, when they have another crack at Halliburton. Right. But for the most part, this team is trending in the right direction. They got a couple of games they need to win. They need to win the next three games against the Hornets and the Bulls. Two against the Hornets, one against the Bulls. That that puts them at five and zero out of the all-star break, embarking on a road trip and a long stretch of games with the Clippers a couple of times and the Celtics and the Suns. And I'm pretty sure the Kings are on there too. the Warriors, right? Like they're going to go through a big, big stretch of games where basically if you can come out 500 or maybe a little bit better than 500, you're doing great. And I think the Bucks are setting themselves up in a good position to do that. We'll continue the Wisco Sports Show next. Three minutes and we're back. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, wrapping up hour number one. Some combine thoughts. I'm just really annoyed. And I look, I get there's a lot of noise around the draft. A lot of smoke. A lot of misinformation being spread. Uh, a lot of takes being thrown around that won't really matter in the end. Because what matters is when we get to draft night, the general managers, the decision makers pulling the trigger on some of these names and drafting these players. I'm just going to be sick to my stomach if I sit down on draft night and the Bears don't take a quarterback and they stick with Justin Fields or the Commanders don't take a quarterback and they stick with Sam Howell or the Patriots don't take a quarterback and stick with Mac Jones 
Now, if the Bears want to move down to two because they think that Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, they're all the same. So, we'll, you know, if, if one of these teams wants to jump up and take Caleb and they feel that strongly, like we'll move down and collect extra capital. That's fine. But all these teams need quarterbacks. All of them do. I would say most of the teams in the top 10 need a quarterback. Like the Titans probably need a quarterback. The Vikings definitely need a quarterback. The Broncos need a quarterback. All these teams need quarterbacks. And it's just so annoying to watch these franchises that are poorly run and they don't really have any rhyme or reason or direction. They sit at the top of the drive and they're like, oh, I don't like, I don't really love these quarterbacks. I like them, I guess, but I don't really love them. It's like, well, your best franchise quarterback ever, at least in recent history, is Jay Cutler. So beggars can't be choosers. Take a quarterback, please. And and save us all this willy wony. And I, I look, I get it with the Bears. A lot of it is smokescreen through insiders and reporters to try to like, you know, sow doubt in other teams with other GMs. I get it. But I, I don't know. I see so many smart football people who are like, I would build around Justin Fields. Why? <laughs> he's fine. He's he's fine. If the number one overall pick in the draft, you can't, you cannot pick number one overall two straight years. And and I, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say pick. You can't possess the first overall pick in the NFL draft two straight years and have your quarterback be Justin Fields. You, you, you can't, you can't. Maybe rookie Justin Fields, but the Justin Fields that I've seen last couple of years, mm-mm, mm-mm. Can't do it. You can't have the number one overall pick in back-to-back drafts and come away thinking, now, well, we didn't really love any of the quarterbacks. You're the Bears. You don't get to be picky. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. It's just a little annoying. I got Peter King writing, well, I'd build around fields. Is he going to magically transform into a different player this year? I just, I, I don't get it. And I don't mean for this to be like a hate fest of Justin Fields. I, I just, I guess I can't get over and again, I watch games a little differently, so maybe you perceived Bears games differently the last couple of years. The way I watch, it's it's simple, but it's hard to pull off. I use my eyes, and I watch the games on my television, and I, I, I draw conclusions from that, and my conclusion is Justin Fields is not what so many people think he is. Just take a quarterback. Jesus. We'll talk Bucks Badgers here from Brian Gudikins next. Wisco Sports Show. Back after this update from our guy, Zach Heilprin. Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show, it's officially official i see it jesse rogers has put it out the cubs have put it out cody bellinger's three-year deal with the team is officially official and see this is the difference with the brewers and the cubs and i i know that for the last couple of weeks i've been saying that the brewers and the cubs they're basically the same i don't know why they're being treated so differently like the cubs are this bastion of postseason success and excellency and the brewers are a poverty team uh, i've been saying they're both poverty teams but this is the one difference between 
the Cubs and the Brewers. When the Brewers sign a pillow deal, it's a one-year deal with a team option, club option, player option in year two. When the Cubs sign a pillow deal, it's a three-year deal with options after each year. So I, I guess spiritually, they're the exact same. They do dress them up a little differently. I do. I think it's funny. It's like, man, the Cubs are bringing back Cody Bellinger on a three-year deal. There's a player option after every single one of the years, which is kind of Scott Boris and Cody Bellinger admitting defeat. Couldn't find the long-term deal they wanted, which like makes sense. Cody Bellinger was great, was an MVP like Yelich, and then fell off the face of the earth, and then a really nice year last year. I can imagine why teams weren't signing up to sign him to an eight-year you know, hundred plus million dollar deal after just one year. It's not a surprise, but it is interesting to see Boris admit defeat a little bit. And I wonder if Chapman would be down for a similar deal because if he is, the Brewers should call. Definitely should call. Have him play third base. Hey, hey, here's an idea. We can sign Matt Chapman to a five year deal and we can put player opt outs after each of the years. What a great year. Hey, you want a 10 year deal? Great. A 10 years uh, with player and club mutual options after every single year. How does how does that sound? If this is what we're doing, Scott Boris, if this is the type of contracts, I, I'll get in line. Brewers should get in line. I'm 100% down. Brewers lost today, whatever that means, to the Angels. Uh, they were playing. They don't play at Camelback, right? No, the Dodgers play at Camel, Camelback. Camel slap. I think they split that with the White Sox, actually. Shohei made his debut today. I saw some clips. Bob Nightingale, friend of show, friend of network, was there covering Shohei Otani's debut today. The crowd looked a little sparse. Wasn't exactly packed for Shohei's debut today. Obviously not a different place like the Cubs are in Mesa. They're in Mesa, right? Not Peoria. They're in Mesa. 90% sure the Cubs are in Mesa. I guess it doesn't really matter. I want to talk Bucks and Badgers, and I'd love for you to join me. 608 321-1670. The Combine's also going on. We're going to hear from Brian Gutekunst in a little bit. Coming up at 6 o'clock, the Badgers are in Indiana. Uh, that's Assembly Hall, right? Ugh, what an ugly building. That's going to suck tonight. And it's on Peacock. Jack Collinsworth on the call, do we know? If he is, I'm actually kind of excited to hear it because I was at the game. I was covering the game as a fan last weekend when the game was on Peacock. So I guess I'll get the Peacock experience tonight. Let's start with the Bucks. They are hosting... The New Orleans, not New Orleans Pelicans, the Charlotte Hornets, both teams lacking culture and any 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 sort of uh, distinction, whatever. Bill, I Bill was confused him earlier today. I always confuse the Hornets and the Pelicans. This is a team the Bucks should beat. They should beat them later this week when they play again. And then they should beat the Bulls later this week. They should be five and oh out of the all-star break. I love spiritually what this team is about right now. Bobby Portis talking some smack the other night. I think Doc Rivers has something to prove. Pat Beverly, Damian Lillard, they have something to prove. The defense has improved. I was talking about transition defense, and I saved it. The Bucks lead put it out the other day. And I don't just mean to share these stats. It's like, I found this stat on Twitter, and I'm going to read it. Listen, listen to how smart I am. Uh, no, that, that's I just save it for reference. Under Doc Rivers, the Bucks have allowed the fewest fast break points per game in the entire NBA. That was a quick adjustment. Adrian Griffin didn't really have a strategy. Are we going to defend in transition? Are we going to crash the offensive glass? Really, Adrian Griffin wanted his players to just feel it out and do both. So neither happened. They sucked in transition and they sucked on the offensive glass. Doc Rivers came in and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get back on defense, plain and simple. The Badgers have gone the other way. They've actually encouraged A.J. Store to do some offensive rebounding. Right? So you can kind of go both ways. We, we kind of see both sides of, 
of the same coin between our Bucks and our Badgers. The Bucks should absolutely win tonight. I don't really know what to expect with our Badgers anymore. I thought that this was a hiccup. You lose a tough one against Nebraska. You lose to Purdue. Okay, you fall fat on your face against Michigan or against Rutgers. I thought they would have pulled out from this by now. Now they're on the road. I don't know. My my ceiling is lowering for our Badgers, unfortunately. I wish it wasn't the case, but I, I, I don't know. I need to see A.J. Store play more serious defense. He's one of the worst defenders in, co- in college basketball, depending on what metric you look at. He's improved a little bit. He's contributing on the offensive boards, which is nice. I need to see this team play a well-rounded, focused, relatively mistake-free, effective basketball game from start to finish. They can get out to a 10 or 12-point lead like nobody's business. But then they let the other team play their way back in, and they turn the ball over. And I, I don't know. A commanding win tonight would go a long way. Indiana's had an embarrassing year. They've had a really, really poor year. So getting a commanding win tonight would go a long way, but I also said that about Iowa. I said that about Rutgers. I said that about Michigan and Ohio State and said that about Maryland last week, and it hasn't happened yet. So maybe I'm the idiot for looking for it. Maybe I'm the idiot for saying, this is what I want. Well, I'm not going to get it. You can wish in one hand, crap in the other. See which one fills up first, right? Let's take some calls. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? I thought of you today as I was sitting at shoebox and cross planes. Oh, and so I'm get, so I'm getting new new, new dress shoes. Cause I got a, a lot of appointments coming up. Good. <clears throat> so I'm sitting there and I said after I said I told the guy I got to throw away these old pieces of crap. And the guy goes to me, "Well, have you thought about buying a pair of Crocs?" Hmm. And the first thing I said, I go, I go, I don't want to look like I'm gay. Well, and oh my. <laughs> Why did you have to? There's nothing well, wrong with there's to... nothing wrong with Crocs. Lots of people wear Crocs. I mean, I don't. but I know, uh, Nothing but, against Crocs. I, I know, but then I say, I go, I go. Uh, aren't they girl shoes? No, they're not. You're blind. You don't know what anyone wears. You are but you are they, the worst yeah, but, but person was, to speak but, on this. But they would look at me going, you know, you know. So anyway, I, they I already think that when they look at you, like respectfully, that's, Dave, you're already a little bit of a sight to behold. I don't think people true. are people aren't focusing on your point. shoes. But I, but I told my driver, I said, I got to call Grant. And I tell him, I almost got tricked into buying a pair of Crocs or clogs or, oh, uh, but anyway. Well, I'm glad I, you shared that. Thank you. But yeah, you had, a, you had a birthday one. What, does your generation say thank you to people who wish you happy birthday? I, I understand, you know, it's no big deal. But you know, our generation always says thank you. But, you know, I can understand why. Would I not, I not respond to your tweet on Sunday? No, I texted you, but anyway, I. I just, I'll, I'll whine and complain. And, you know, I just thought I'd send you a personal one. Happy birthday, because, you know, that's what people do, you know? That's true. Thank but, you, Dave. Okay. It is appreciated. Yeah. I, I, I feel yeah, you're older yeah, and wiser, yeah. and my life is so much better because you wish me happy birthday. Thank you for that. But anyway, now, now that we're done, that, um, I almost forgot what I called. Oh, yeah, Cubs. It was so nice to see them. Finally, somebody telling Scott Boris, hey, up yours, Boris. Yeah, and they play chi- they play chicken, and nobody nobody's falling for the ten year contract anymore. He, outside of the Japanese guy, because he's once in a lifetime. And you you mark my words, you heard it here. He can't pitch this year, but that arm he had surgery on, he that guy's going to get hurt. If somebody's going to throw a ball at him, he's going to get a slide or uh, whatever. He's going to be out for multiple years because 
you know, you have surgery on that. You guys still got to use. You still got to use that shoulder, but well, you're not going to see it by you. That's what. That's what a lot of baseball people wrote about this offseason. It's like, well, what does Shohei want to do? Does is he really serious about being a two way star for his entire career? Because if so, maybe it's best for him to sit out this year. Right, instead of just being a hitter. I, well, I don't yep. know. I'm I'm not a doctor, but there have been plenty who have written about that. Yes. Yeah, I know, but but but, but as far as the Cubs, though, yeah, it, it, I mean that was a steal. Where Bellinger, it, I'm glad because you, he had Bellinger had one good year of the Dodgers. He sucked with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. He sucked last year up until June, mm-hmm. and he wasn't going to get a five or an eight year, a ten year based on. Now, is he good? Yeah, but it was nice to see nobody. Given him, and now you see Chapman's out there, and you see Montgomery mm-hmm. and um, Smead, or what the guy from um, the two-time Cy Young Award winner and Martinez, all playing chicken. And what's sad about those pitchers? They're going to come in late, and they're going to get hurt. You know, Montgomery, the other guy, they're going to get hurt because they're not. This happened. Training. Oh God, was it 2019? I remember Dallas Keuchel, and I think it might have been him and Sonny Gray who were like, and I don't even know, maybe they're repped by Boris. Maybe like I have to go back and look, but they were free agents until into the season. Then they came in and they were, they were plagued by injuries. I, I don't know. The union would never spring for like a formal free agency period where you have to be signed by a certain date. And I understand why, but it would really be a lot better for baseball. If this happened in a condensed period. Yeah. And for the players. Now those two two pitchers, whoever signs them, that's his name, Snell. I'd love for the Cubs to get one of those guys, but or Chapman. No, we don't need Chapman. We already got the you know a top a top one hundred recruit, and then uh, Morrell. But uh, you know, look at the Brewers. The Brewers are sitting there with nobody at third base, and after you just seen that deal, he's the Brewers are the perfect candidate for him. A three year deal with an opt out after you know year two or three. I'll, I'll opt out after year one. I could give a damn. Just come play this yeah. year. That's that's basically how I live my life. That'd be fine. But, but yeah, but it was nice. Finally, somebody stood up to Boris, and uh, yeah, what's next is the MLB Network, our radio app. You can hear every single game. Oh, I'm in heaven. It's a good time of year. Badgers going to win tonight. Before I let you go, Dave. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't have a good feeling. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have a question to ask you, and 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 um, and The last couple, of the, the last week, they're talking about new rule changes. And the NFL is either overtime or kickoff, and I couldn't hear the end of it. Maybe, maybe yourself would know about that. There's some major rule changes coming on those areas. You know, maybe Jism knows about it because he follows that stuff. And uh, as far as the Badgers, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, Stephen Crawl, you know, he, can't guard my grandmother, and if Tyler Wall gets in uh, trouble, I hope so. I hope they win as well, Dave. I would say thanks for the call. I wish you would have started it saying literally anything other than what you said uh but i wanted your badger basketball take so i kept yawn and then wasn't even that good so i'm kind of questioning the last 10 minutes of the show but whatever maybe the biggest sticking points for this badgers team are tyler wall stays out of foul trouble john blackwell stays healthy Stephen Crowell stays aggressive, but we've known that. We've known that about Stephen Crowell. That's nothing new. Like Stephen Crowell has been the same song and dance with him for three years now. How many times have we heard Greg Gard say, well, I got to remind him that he's good. I got to remind him that he's got to take shots. Killers don't need to be reminded. If anything, star basketball players, really aggressive players, they need to be reined in. Right? Damian Lillard this year, like, has reined himself in because he's like, well, I can't take all the shots because star players are used to doing that. Stephen Crowell, it's the opposite. Like, Greg Gard has to 
kick him in the behind to get him to take more shots and to be more aggressive. And other teams, I think as the season has gone along, they've figured out a better way to deal with him. You know, they've sent doubles. But also, like, Stephen Crowell's a good passer out of a double team, or at least he's supposed to be. He made a couple really bad passes against Maryland last week. Hopefully saw those in film. You're like, hey, Steve, let's not, let's not do that, maybe. Basically gave the other team at least four or five points on fast breaks. It's like he was throwing the outlet pass. It was that bad on a couple of those double teams. But, man, when Tyler Wall gets into foul trouble, it really puts him in a bad spot because that means Nolan Winter's got to play more or Carter Gilmore's got to play more. But I, I think we might be done with the Carter Gilmore era of Badgers basketball. I don't know. And, and then you're expecting Stephen Crowell and Nolan Winter to be your two defensive big men. And you can't. You just can't. You can't. You just can't live that way, especially with bigger, more physical teams in, in the Big Ten. And they're not all big physical teams. Then again, Iowa Iowa is the smallest and the least physical of them all. And they go to Iowa City the, the other day or, and they just pee down their leg. So I, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I should be done expecting from this Badgers basketball team because against Michigan and then against Rutgers and then again, like, oh, Iowa, Ohio State, Maryland. I'm like, I need to see a commanding win. And here I am tonight. It's Groundhog Day again. And I'm saying, I need to see a commanding win. Well, maybe I should just stop expecting that because it's not happening. And maybe I'm the dummy for, for wanting it to happen. I don't know. I would definitely be more confident about the Bucks getting a win tonight. It's a little bit of a, an apples and oranges comparison because the Bucks, the NBA, it's a little bit more predictable. You know, going on the road and in the Big Ten, especially this year, is just proven to be this impossible undertaking. I don't know. Games at six tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. We can talk more about this when we come back. 608-321-1670. Twitter at Wisco Grant. We're also going to hear a little bit from Brian Gudikins at the bottom of the hour at 530. He was feeling himself a little bit today. So we'll get to that as well. People were asking him, like, hey, how do you do this with quarterback? And... <laughs> It's a little bit like when someone loses weight, you're like, man, how did you do it? And they're like, man, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Like <laughs> that was kind of what Goody was doing today. Well, man, it's just about like having the right people. In like he was feeling himself. So we'll get there. It's pretty entertaining. Wisco Sports Show. We're back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Appreciate you being here. The NFL Combine is happening as we speak. Mike Clemens is down there. We heard from him on Bill's show earlier today. And if you missed that hit, go back, check it out. Hour one, the Bill Michaels Show podcast earlier today. He also called back in and he's like, hey, I forgot to mention this earlier, but talk to Goody individually about Eric Stokes and their plan for him. They're still bought in. They still have a lot of Eric Stokes stock despite the injuries and the hamstrings last year. It's a player they're still really excited about. I don't care how much they like Stokes, Carrington Valentine, Jair. You need two new corners in this draft. You do. You need two new corners. I think you should draft like two corners every year, if we're being honest. I think that's a position that you should always be feeding. I don't think you're ever satisfied at that position. And that's something that Bill and I have talked about. He's been like, you know, it's, it would be really frustrating to have to draft, you know, a lot of players on the defense when you've spent all this draft capital over the years on defense. It's like, yeah, but it's, these position groups, they're never finished products. You're always losing guys to free agency. You're always dealing with injuries, uh, position changes, maybe scheme adaptations, things like that. 
You always need to be feeding these positions, especially a position like corner, which is a weak link system, right? The success or failure of the, the group of cornerbacks won't be decided by the best player. It'll be decided by the worst. Just go back and watch the 2020-2021 NFC Championship game. Jair had an awesome game. It was the other guy out there, and I won't even blame Kevin King that much because he was hurt. The issue was the Packers didn't have another guy they could throw out there. Well, they had Tremont Williams. Never tried him. Guess we'll never know. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant. Wow, that was a quick hold. Hey, Cone. Well, it's it's been a pretty efficient show tonight, getting callers in and out. And I think also Dave from Monona probably chased a lot of the audience away. So that makes it easier to get in quicker on the phones, I think. I love hearing from Dave. Um, do you think that cornerback, CB, as in Charlie, mm-hmm. is still a like an elite position needed in the NFL in today's world? I think so. I don't think that you need... Darrell Revis I just think you need a group of guys that are all solid right you can't have a Ladarius Gunter running or like you can't have the weak link I think that's how that position is best described I agree I think it's yeah it's it's more of a you need a higher floor than a a tall ceiling yes 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 I I would agree and I I think that they maybe this year they could have both because I really like Jair like I think if he comes back healthy and I think he's reinvigorated and he handled that suspension really well. And I've been a little frustrated listening to like national football talkers. And they're like, well, Jair, you know, this and that. I actually thought he handled that suspension really well. They could potentially, you know, draft one or two young guys to go along with Valentine and Stokes and Jair. And that's a position group that I actually could feel great about. I could, I could consider that a strength going into this year. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, playing those younger guys too in the secondary, Owen, Valentine, Valentine, getting some experience we'll see what they do next year yeah you come back and you put them in a competition with another rookie or two a healthy Jair I you need a you need a lot of depth at that position so the back end of the defense is certainly my number one priority those are the the positions and the players I'm doing my research on uh for draft prep so would you say that you know Valentine could have a Connor Asijan-esque offseason where you know maybe he's kind of up for some playing time but he can battle back and and still contribute to next year's team are you asking if Ballantyne could be a better player next year but play less like that type of situation? I, yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way about Valentine. All right. I like it. And speaking of the Badgers, big, big game tonight against Indiana. Yeah. How are we feeling? I mean, am I a bad fan if I say not great? Like, what have we seen the last couple of weeks that would give us a, a ton of confidence that this team can go on the way? They couldn't beat Michigan. Couldn't beat Rutgers. And Indiana's not that much better, but if you can't beat those two teams, who can you beat? Yeah, agreed. I, I, I'm not, I don't even know if I'll be able to watch the game tonight. I got some plans, but might not be missing anything special because I agree. I just don't feel that great. I think, you know, one thing that Greg Gard could do tonight is go out there and just bury Indiana and pronounce this team as being hashtag back. Yeah. We've been waiting for them to be back, and I I feel like at a certain point, even if they play an awesome game, that doesn't mean that they're back. That means that they just had a great game, but they've been mid for like three weeks. I don't know, Cone. I I don't know. I'm just bummed out about this team and the the turn that this season has taken. It's a bummer. Yeah, definitely got a sour taste in our mouths right now. Um, they did play, you know, a decent first stretch against Maryland, so you know maybe they we can take the small victories and extend that out over a course of a whole game. That's just a crazy thought of mine, but you know, maybe the Badgers can actually play a complete game. Yeah, I know. I think, I think we're the nuts ones for continuing to ask for that. 
I think that's our problem. But I don't know. The game's on Peacock. Uh, maybe be on Twitter. Maybe we'll do a little post-game space tonight after the game. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy that it's on Peacock as long as Jack Collinsworth isn't on the call again. <laughs> he completely ruined that AJ Store dunk with his call, and I, I'm just am sick of Jack Collinsworth. He should only be for football season. Yeah, it's the nepotism thing is a struggle for me too. It's like I don't even know that he's a bad announcer. It's just it's just tough. Those nepo babies they should change their name. You know what I mean? Like I just so we perceive them different. Didn't Thomas Rhett do that? I swear Thomas Rhett actually did that because his dad is Rhett Atkins. And I don't originally know why, like, his name was different. But I feel like once upon a time I read that he changed it so people wouldn't know. That I respect. I respect that. I did not know that he was the son of Rhett Atkins. Wow. Learn something new every day. 99% sure. I'll research that over the break. I'm 99.9% sure that he's his son. And I'm, like, 98% sure that that's why he changed his name. But I will I will look into it. I will look into All it. All right. Respect to Thomas Rhett. No, I... I don't, not a huge fan of his music, but he's got some, he's got some hits out there. I What's like his favorite song. Yeah, uh, it's more mellow stuff. I'd say I tend to lean on the side of mellow stuff for country music. I don't know if I can name a Thomas Rhett song off the top of my head. Oh, come on! All right, anyway, that's okay. Go Badgers, Grant. Have a great show. You, you have a great night, Cone, and whatever those plans are. I don't know what those plans are, but enjoy them. If you're missing a Badger basketball game, I know you. I, I would assume they're significant, maybe a hot date. Who knows? Dave from Monona has tweeted in, telling Corn I drove callers away. Are you kidding? I have brought more callers to your show than you ever know what to do with. Texting, callers, jumping all over me. Who the hell are you kidding? Nobody was on hold before me or after me. Well, okay. Why did I read that tweet? Why do I do this to my, why do I do this? Let's take one more call, then we'll take a break. We're going to hear a little bit from Brian Gutekunst. He was feeling himself a bit. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Bring us home. Ridge Runner, Mark. Oh, How are we doing, sir? Yeah, Ridge Runner. I'm doing a lot better now that I hear your voice. What do you What do you think? What's up? So here's here's a big philosophical take I have about the Packers. Okay. Um, reason why we're so fixated on defense, and I can't fault any of your takes and any of your thoughts on what they need to do in the back end, but we can look at 75 percent of their losses in the playoffs and point in some way or another and, and make the numbers fit where, oh, it's the defense who failed us. We had Hall of Fame quarterback after Hall of Fame quarterback, and the defense is what failed us. We've gotten spoiled by having really good offense slash quarterback play that we're, we're hypersensitive to needing defense. Okay. Um, and then on, on the Badger side of the world, I think, are we in the time of the October Packers? Are we in the time where they're just not clicking and we're worried about Jordan Love and if he's the future and then once March Madness actually hits, they're going to go on a run? Is that a possibility? Is that some hope we could give ourselves? It could be. I, I, I'm totally going to hold out hope in that way. The problem with that comparison is we didn't know what Jordan Love was. I'm pretty sure I know who Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall and Chucky Hepburn are. Yeah. And I, th- this would be like if, if, if Jordan Love was struggling in October – but we watched mm-hmm. him struggle like that for two previous seasons, right? We don't have the, the same prior, like, experience and knowledge with Jordan Love that we do with Badgers basketball. But I am still holding on to the idea that every team has a bad stretch. You know, we've talked about that yeah. endlessly, it seems like, with all of our teams, Ridge Runner Mark. Even good teams have bad stretches. They just got to pull themselves out of it. The problem is, is I feel like they should have pulled themselves out of this by now. And the fact that they haven't worries me a little bit. It worries me a lot. It keeps me up at night, to be quite honest, Mark. If we're if we're being honest here, it keeps me up at night. Do you think that a 
potentially because we've had so much overall success in Wisconsin with the Bucks, with the Brewers, with the Packers, that we're kind of lumping the Badgers into that maybe falsely and that we have these higher expectations that we place on our professional teams and we, we can't let go or dial it back when we know the evidence in front of us. We've seen the evidence of the Badgers. We don't expect them to go very far in the tournament, but we're going to be damned pissed off if they don't. And we're going to want to fire everybody and get rid of everybody. Hmm. But if you think about it, you already know in your heart of hearts, this isn't that good of a team, or at least they haven't proven it yet. So why are we getting overly upset when they continue to show us who they are and just say, okay, this isn't our year. We're going to live in the moment. Everything matters. None of it matters. Well, we're just going to if, walk down the middle of that path. I mean, if this is that a middle sense. of the road season, they're probably going to be a five seed. Sure. So there are there are worse sure. realities to have. I guess that's a silver lining. That's I, true. I don't know. Badgers basketball was good every year, long before the Brewers were good every year, and long before the Bucks okay. were. So so expectations sure. in history and comparing these teams, I yeah. I don't that's know fair. if that's fair, but I don't know. It's, I don't. You know. bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. Bull Ryan. And, and uh, what's his nuts Bennett before him? <laughs> yeah. They, they, they had some good teams. They had some good teams well before the, the Brewers got consistently good. They had their ups and downs. And, yeah, you know, Packers have always been Packers. That's just a constant awesomeness. So I mean, historically, at least for the last 30 years, I, I, I think Packers football and Badgers basketball are probably our two most reliable teams, most consistent, right? Sure. The Brewers sure. and the Bucks have kind of come and gone a lot more, and I – like Badger football mm-hmm. was pretty consistent for a long time too, and I guess in some realm they still are. Their ceiling and and floor have been lowered the last couple of years. I don't know. That's something that I'm going to consider. And, and by the way, on your point on the Packers, I didn't mean to undersell the point that you were making. Like the no, picks no. got to go somewhere. They either got to go to offense right. or defense. So to say, well, we're 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 putting all these picks into the defense. Well, yeah, but the picks got to go somewhere, right? You oh, know what sure. I mean? You know what I mean? Like half of the picks or more probably going to go to the defense. That makes sense. So I, right? I think that talking well, point's a little overblown. Yeah. And if we get really good defensive players that they aren't going to start right away, we plug them into special teams because they do that now. And then our special teams ceiling rises. So in theory, yeah. I, I, I'm excited about the, the concept of pick the best available player and that they maybe have that. And I've said this before that they maybe have that luxury that they can do that this year. And maybe it's so. still defense. Great, but they're not going to try and lock into, oh my God, we need a corner, and then they're going to make a mistake and reach. That's true. If that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Ridge, Ridge Runner Mark, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you. we got to get yeah. to a break here. Yeah, have a good one. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. WKTY and lacrosse. Um, the Packers are in a spot this upcoming draft where they can kind of take whoever they want. Like, they are not beholden to getting a tackle if they don't want one. If they want to upgrade over Rasheed Walker and a player falls to them, they can. I would also be just fine running back Rasheed Walker and Zach Tom this year. They don't need a wide receiver or a tight end. They don't need an edge rusher or a defensive lineman if they don't want one. They probably need a linebacker or a corner, but when you only have like two desperate positional needs, you can kind of address those at any point in the draft. Right, like if you want to take like last year, they needed wide receiver. They got him second, th- second round, fifth round. Like they they sprinkled picks throughout. Um, same with tight end. So it's not like they need to address a certain position with their first round pick. In fact, it's probably best if they don't. Just watch how the board falls and take your highest rated player. And it's a luxury to be in that position and to be able to draft that way.
Speaking of drafting, the man who makes these selections, Brian Gudikins, Packers GM. We're going to hear a little bit from him next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome night. It's going to get cold tonight and tomorrow. Oh, no. What will we do? It's going to be 60 degrees again by Saturday. Winter's dead. Winter doesn't exist anymore. I'm calling it. It's not that winter is over. It's that we didn't have a winter this year. Basically had a wet fall that turned into a damp, cool spring. uh, And that's been interrupted by summer this week. As it's going to be 65. It's going to be sunny. 70 coming up this weekend. Oh, don't don't worry. We'll still get snow. Okay, just because we get like a little random wet snowfall sandwiched in between 60 degree days doesn't mean winter's not over. I am. I'm confident I we can call it. Okay, it's done. Brian Gudikins was at the Combine earlier this morning, spoke to the media, spoke to a Green Bay contingent of media, to a local media group, and then to the national media, which is a cliche that like I want to stop using, but also I haven't figured out a better word or a better phrase. So national media, it is. This is his availability to everybody. So the questions were a little more tailored to the league as a whole, team development as a whole, right? It's not like Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network's like, Goody, uh, how's Eric Stokes healing from injury? No, like a Packers reporter might have asked that, but these were bigger, more all-encompassing questions. And I want to play for you some of his answers when asked about the quarterback position. Because when I listen, I listened to this live on my drive into the studio today. And I... I think it's funny because Goody talking about drafting a quarterback now with Jordan Love after he had a great year reminds me a lot of a, well, it's a Tom Segura bit. Tom Segura is a stand-up comedian. And I watched this just the other night. And he had a joke where he talked about how he's dreaming about telling people how he lost the weight that he hasn't lost yet. You know what I mean? Like he's fantasizing is kind of a, a chunkier guy. He's fantasizing about like when I lose the weight, people are going to come up to, oh, how did you do it? And then like, this is what I'll tell them. Like, oh, it's not a, man, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. Like just be, he basically was fantasizing about getting to talk down to people about how he pulled it off. Right. And that's the energy that I got from Goody. It's like, yeah, I did get rid of Rogers. Eh, Jordan Love, I did it again. I did the thing that no one can do. Go ahead. Ask me how I did it. Go ahead. I'll, t- I'll tell you. Man, drafting a quarterback, it's man, it's not it, it's not like a thing that you do once in a while. It's a mindset that you never turn off. You know what I mean? Like that's that's he was feeling himself a little bit. So I'm gonna play a, a couple of answers for you. This is Brian Gudikins. He got asked, why is drafting a quarterback such an inexact science? Which you could word it differently and be like, why do you guys like always do it right, but no one else can figure it out? Well, I think it's probably the most the, you know, the probably the toughest position of all professional sports to play. Um, the amount of, that is on that guy's plate, um, you know, f- pre-snap to post-snap and everything that goes into it, uh, the amount of information he has to process in such a limited amount of time, um, all the leadership stuff, the intangible stuff that, that go along with it. It's just an exceptionally hard position to play. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of, of athletic gifts and talent you have to have, and then there's so much more uh, beyond that. And I think... Um, you know, the thing that I think is lost at times is, is 
how much of it has to be developed over time. And so, um, you know, you never really know until you have that time to try to develop a guy, whether he's really going to be able to do it at a high level or not. So, um, you know, it's just a it's a tough league to excel at that position for sure. You kind of like do you get do you get the comparison I'm trying to draw between the person who loses the weight and then gets to talk about how he loses the weight? It's like how did you draft a quarterback? Well, here's what people don't understand: like quarterback is it's different than every other position. You need to treat it differently than every other position. It's the hardest position to play in professional sports. Like he he's not acting like a prick on a soapbox, but deep down I can hear him. He's he's feeling himself a little bit. This is Goody talking about drafting a young quarterback, being patient. Letting them develop. I think you know. Again, it's our, our situation is a little unique, but it was it, it was pretty easy to be patient because we had a guy playing at such a, a high level, you know. Um, so, and I do think you know, the, you know, lots been talked about us and and going on from you know from Brett to Aaron and now to Jordan. Um, and there's so many people that have had hands that great coaches, uh, the players obviously themselves, but you know those guys got to learn from pretty good players as well. You know, I think. Um, and I think that's an important part of it is to be able to sit behind a guy who does it at a very high level, prepares at a very high level, seeing what that takes um, and all the things that are on the plate of a quarterback um, before they actually have to go out there and perform. You know, so they can kind of, I think, as much as, um, you know, just getting in within the scheme and learning from everything, it's about how to be a pro quarterback, how to handle things um, before you actually have to go out there and perform. Learning how to be a professional, something we've heard from Packers coaches before I just love listening to Goody kind of take his victory lap one more cut about Jordan Love how do you feel about Jordan Love's performance how do you feel about his future very straightforward really proud of him um you know the work that he put in I think really um you know he was very much rewarded for all the all the work that he was put in some tough situations throughout his career um had lack of opportunity early with the COVID and not having preseason games and different things um but to, you know, to go through the tough, tough stretch in October and to see him so so steady through all that uh, and just really lead our team to get better week in and week out and to see the rewards at the end of the season, uh, I was very excited for him and, and our football team. Um, and just, um, again, and for as good as he played, um, there's so much more in front of him. Um, and uh, just excited for him and, and where he's going. Another interesting question and answer, and I – Probably could have guessed that this is how Brian Gutekunst would answer a question like this, but he was asked about Christian Watson. Do you still see him as wide receiver one? Do you still believe in, in his ability to be your, your top dog and, and now a, a very crowded wide receiver? Room? Yeah, I don't ever look at it like a wide receiver one type thing or anything like that. I think, you know, we have a very competitive room right now. And I think particularly towards the end of the season, you saw the benefits of having a room like that. Um, I think everybody understanding that, you know, um, the guy behind them can go out and make plays at any moment and and, and take those reps. Um, and I think they, it was a healthy, competitive room. Um, and, I, you know, to have guys that at any moment could step up and make a big play for us was something that um, we haven't had in a little while, and it was really good to see. Um, so hopefully we'll keep that competition going. And um, uh, it's comforting to know that, um, you know, Matt, Matt does such a good job of scheming guys, guys for their for their skill sets. So no matter what player is in there, whether because of injury or, or whatnot, um, you know, he's going to put them in the right place to make plays. So I agree with all of that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't I don't think you need to label a guy wide receiver one. Like, I, I don't know that there needs to be a consensus cut and dry wide receiver that's better than everyone else. But there are certain parts of Christian Watson's skill set 
his speed, his size, uh, Jaden Reed doesn't have, and Dontavian Wicks doesn't have. And it's those dangerous, explosive tendencies that can really make or break an offense. And I understand that they kind of, well, did they? I was going to say, I understand they started to click without Christian Watson last year, but like he came back against Detroit and had an awesome game. And then against the Chiefs, before he got hurt at the end of the game, he was a part of the team getting hot. They stayed hot without him. Um, I, I, I don't want to get caught up in the labeling, and I know that Brian Gunnikins doesn't want to either. But the reality is he has things. There's a reason he was a second-round pick, okay? There's a reason that it cost as much, you know, in, in draft capital to trade up. It, it, it all went down like that for a reason because he's got the tools. And other guys in this receiver room don't have those tools, right? So whether you want to label him wide receiver one or like whatever, there is a priority on him being a part of this team, being a part of this offense, if that makes sense. 608-321-1670. We'll take a call, then we'll take a break. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Hey, it's Darnell. Hey, Darnell. What's up? I saw you tweeting at me. Sorry I didn't acknowledge you. I, You know, Dave from Monona kind of reminded me that I must reply to every tweet and text. That's on me. I'll be better. I'm sorry about that. Uh, no worries. No worries at all. Um, I just wanted to ask if there was any reason why there needs to be a wide receiver one on this team. So in a labeling sense, there doesn't, there doesn't need to be, I agree, but Watson's size and speed can be major difference makers in the red zone or on fourth down, right? Like a a player that can make plays outside of scheme and outside of structure. I I, I think there is a, an an emphasis on him. There's a reason they drafted him, right? There's a reason they jumped up to get him is because he has these traits that maybe these other guys don't. You can label it any way that you want. If all these guys are are comfortable with sharing targets and sharing production, great. But Watson is kind of one of, you know, he's kind of in a class of his own. I I only ask because I'm of the belief, and I guess I I never really uh, verbalized this a whole lot, but I, I would tell like my brother, told him like if the Packers didn't have Devontae Adams and they instead had to spread the ball around like Rodgers was required to spread the ball around I think that they probably would have won more games down the stretch in like those 2019 to 2022 years because he he relied so much on Devontae getting open and when Devontae wasn't open the offense stalled you know so I really, I really think it's in every offense in the NFL's best interest to not try and label their game-breaking wide receivers like, and, and not force-feed them the sure. ball, even if they're that good, just because if you get used to doing that and the other team has a plan to shut that one person down, then you're stuck throwing to MBS, who has three catches on the year. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. Yeah, I I, I think that was more of a Rodgers issue and more of a supporting cast issue. Like, we make it that the issue is Adams, right? Well, the problem is if you just took away Devontae Adams, well, no, no, no. The problem is the quarterback doesn't look elsewhere sometimes, and the supporting cast isn't good. Like, their second option was Alan Lazard, who basically couldn't hack it as an NFL wide receiver this year. So, while I agree with your conclusion I, I think the mechanics of that situation, I, I think we should be a little bit more specific as to why it worked that way. And I, and I don't know if the, the same thing is still true of this team. I think the supporting cast is a lot better. And I think Jordan Love is maybe a little bit more liable, especially at this point of his career, to spread the ball around. What about um, against the Cardinals in 21 or maybe 20? 
when they didn't have Adams yeah. and they had one of their best games of the year. You know what I mean? It's it's like little yeah. things like that. Like maybe it's empirical evidence and it's not actually applicable to like a full season, but it I was like, "Hey, that game felt really good." Yeah. And they didn't have their so-called best player and I'm not trying to like rag on Devontae Adams. I think he's fantastic. He's literally led me to a couple fantasy um, championships. So he dropped a touchdown in an NFC championship game. I'm kind of still hung up on that, but yes, he is a very (laughs) good wide receiver. Yeah. Aaron Jones fumbled four times in NFC championship game. So, you know, like everyone gets blamed grant. (laughs) Yeah. I expect more from Devontae Adams. I don't, I don't know. We don't need to. This is always what we do as Packers fans. We just end up BSing over certain NFC championship game losses. I agree with you. I I think the question should not be, can Christian Watson be your number one wide receiver? The question should be, do you think Christian Watson can stay healthy over the course of an entire season and, and, and put those traits that he has to good use within your offense? That's, that's more the question, the labeling that's semantics. And you're never going to get a general manager to say one guy's better than the next anyways. Like you, you're just not going to say that. Right. Like we need, we just need Christian Watson to be able to make wide receiver one plays, not necessarily have 1600 yards and 10 touchdowns. Like we need him to be able to make those, make the plays that we drafted him to make, not necessarily the, have the the perfect stats of a prototypical wide receiver one. Interesting. Okay. So I I like that. I got to let you go, Darnell, because I got to get a break in. Appreciate you. Got it. Good night, Darnell the Chump. Go Badgers. I know we'll be tweeting about it later tonight. So what Darnell was saying there, let me, let me try to boil it down uh, very concisely before we take our break. The question isn't, can Christian Watson be your wide receiver? One, the question is, can Christian Watson stay healthy, stay on the field, and make wide receiver one plays? Because there were plays that he made, I think, at the Chiefs game this year. There were plays he made this year that no, no other wide receivers on this team have the traits to make, right? Whether you want to label, label him whatever you want. You want to crown him, crown him. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't matter to me. It's more how his skill set adds to the players around him and helps elevate this Packers offense, especially in big moments and in the red zone when it's more about the Jimmy's and the Joe's less about the X's and the O's. Okay. We'll take our final break. Three minutes. Wisco sports show back after this is the Wisco sports show with Grant bills on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Wisco sports show. Got about two minutes. I'm glad we could get Darnell to jump in. We have one caller on hold. I bet dollars to donuts. I know who it is. All right, we got two minutes. We got to be quick. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric and I ninety. I knew it, Eric. Bring us home tonight. What's going on? Well, I'm uh, excited to watch Bucks tonight. I guess you know I would love to pontificate on this whole conversation tonight, but I don't have the time. What do you? What specifically? Um, oh, there's been so much. There's been so much. Uh, Green Bay Packers fans blaming the defense for NFC Championship losses. Well. I would blame those on Aaron Rodgers not being able to close the deal. There is that. I think one of the issues with Rodgers is when he had a, a lead, he never ran away with it. And when he was down multiple scores, they just kind of, just kind of, he just kind of right? farted out, you know. But. 
Green Bay Packer fans and Green Bay Packer, Packer fandom will never cross that line to blame that quarterback for that loss. And right or wrong or different. Do you agree? I think fans recently have blamed a little. Not exclusive blame, but some. I think a fair amount of blame. Maybe maybe even a little well, bit too much blame. Towards I, the end. I think to, he gets to, a bit. Towards the end. Sure. Towards the end, right? I mean, he had a lot of opportunities. I mean, we're, we're rehashing history now, so it's really... That doesn't really matter. But I do believe that the defense will always, and on most teams, yeah. will. But if I, would take, if I would take the Minnesota Vikings and some of their tough losses or, or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I mean, two years ago, they got into the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, their defense couldn't stop anybody. Well, that was that, that Donatel, right? Like, yeah, that was, right? that was probably. But right? Eric, I... God, I hate to do this. I gotta run. Yeah, yeah listen, we got we gotta run, buddy. You, I do. Well, you, hey, go box, go box, go box, <laughs> Eric. Have an awesome night. I'm I'm sorry to rush you, but I I don't want to put you on hold and give you hope and then not let you get on. All right, we'll talk everybody tomorrow. For enjoy the games tonight.